Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Um, I'm waiting for my party. Is that is that in a minute? What party? My party that we're going to have today, aren't we? Why? Just because today is the day that I was employed at TVPS 15 years ago. Really? The 8th of December. Oh, my God. So I'm just waiting. It's okay. You can send it over later, Sarah. I'll act surprised when it happens. So, okay, I'm just letting you know. I'll, I'll act whenever you want to just throw some streamers around. I'll be like, oh, for me, stop it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just putting the final... Yeah. Bits of that together. Yeah. As we that. speak. <laughs> I didn't think I would do it on air, so to speak. Clever, Sarah. Well, we don't need everyone to be involved. Mm. Just private between you and I, maybe. Mm, 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 yeah. Mm, mm. I'll wait for that. I'll wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you couldn't have known. How would you know? It's so weird that I remember, but it's just a memorable date for me. I don't remember the day I started. I have a real thing about dates. So, yeah, 8th of December. That is wow, the day. just before Christmas. Mm, 15 years ago. Wow. It's bonkers, isn't it? Didn't we send you out on your first day? Yes, you did, to buy a Christmas tree. Oh, oh no, <laughs> did we? Oh, no, but in, in my first week, you did send me to the home office, yes. At Croydon? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. What an initiation that must have been. I know, right in at the deep end, eh? But um, hello. Here we are in the aftermath of the amazing World AIDS Dayness. 
I know, it's all over now for another year. I know, but it shouldn't be. It's, it's like how I feel about, you know, International Women's Day. It should be all the time. Yes, you're absolutely right. It should be. So, yes, I will not have that feeling that it's over. We're going to plough on and yeah. push wearing the ribbon all year. I have more exciting news that is around more HIV awareness being spread. We're now in 175 countries, Sarah. Don't ask me what they are, okay? Don't do that because the list is so long, but we are now in 175 countries. So welcome, new countries, wherever you might be. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? It's really good. I really want to know now. Where are they? Who are you? Who are you, new listeners? What countries are you from? Yeah, get in touch. Tell us. No, you don't really have to. (laughs) Yes, I mean, that would spur me on to get in touch, definitely. (laughs) Sounds threatening, doesn't it? Um. Also, last week, we chatted about the fact we went on the Outcast UK podcast, which we loved. Can I tell you why I loved it more, Sarah? I think I'm going to make this into a soundbite for just my general life when people ring me. So obviously, we didn't record this bit with Graham. He did a pre-seeder where he was just chatting, you know, about what the episode was going to be about. Do you know how he described us? No. Don't know if you heard those. He literally said, oh, I wish I had the soundbite. I should have got it. Here, I'll try and find it and put it on our, our Instagram and our TikTok. He literally said, and we've got those legends, Sarah and Jess, on today. And I was like, oh, aren't we? Aren't we, Graham? How lovely That's is that? lovely. Yeah. Because I saw on Instagram someone had described us as Richard and Judy. On acid. Of, on acid. Will Hampson, thank you. I honestly <laughs> Wait, think that should be our strap line on everything. Yeah, I think so. I'm literally going to put that. I've asked him to send me that little clip of the video because I was like, that has to go everywhere. That is the best. I actually think this is a bit like Richard and Judy on acid. We talk a lot of nonsense, you know. Oh, God. Which one are you? Oh, see, Will asked me this. You tell me what you would say because I gave him an answer straight away. I was like, I know which ones we are. I think... (laughs) I think you should be Richard. Controversial. I'll be Judy. Oh, see, I said to Will, I am clearly old boobs out Judy, you know, bra out at the NTAs, and Sarah's Ali G. Richard. Like, that's Do you know who what? we are. I can't believe you went to the podcast awards, flashed your breasts, and we still didn't win an award. <laughs> see, exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> there we go. If you're yeah. doing a Judy, then you should win. That didn't actually happen, everyone, by the way. I never wear dresses. So no, and you I never literally... flash your breasts, no. No, I would no. never. Maybe you should. Maybe that's how people win awards. Is that how we'll get even more listeners and more awards? I can't guarantee more listeners because, you know, that's quite visual. Yeah, but we, we have a we have a TikTok channel and an Instagram. <laughs> I just don't know anyone. TikTok wouldn't let us show condoms. They're not going to let us show breasts, are they? Oh, that is a very good point. Yeah, yeah. They're very... Well, I think Instagram's a bit like that as now, well, isn't it? It's very censored. Yes, yes. You'd have to you'd have to cover your nips. I mean, I'm not going to do this. This is like when you tried to convince me we should do some sort of nudie calendar. It's just like, no, thank Why you. Why would I try and convince you to do that? There's no way I'm appearing in a calendar. No, you were just telling me that I should do it. Oh, and then no. the OnlyFans. And I feel like you have an unhealthy obsession with my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it feel that way when we list all those things? <laughs> I see like... your point. Yeah. Okay, well, you work on that uh, employment tribunal, (laughs) sexual harassment. (laughs) Moving swiftly on. (laughs) So we we, I actually, for all the new people here, hello, and for all those who are long-time listeners, I do have a favour to ask you all. 
So the Pod Bible Awards are out and we need your votes. Um, and there's lots of different categories. We aren't in the categories because we haven't been featured in Pod Bible yet. <laughs> Saying okay. that hopefully, okay, with a wag of a finger and a hopeful look in my eye. But anyway, there is a there's a there's a category right at the end where you can nominate any podcast at all. And we need your votes. We need to show people that HIV needs to stay on the agenda and it can be normalised and it can all be entertaining. Yes, yeah, so please do go and vote. You can find the link and all the information on our Instagram page. And I'll actually also drop it below this episode just to make it really easy. That's all I've got. Okay, excellent. Let's get cracking then. Right, but... You told me as homework for this to do something, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, have you not done it? No, I've done it. I've done it. But what did you what did you tell me to do? I told you to watch the that uh documentary. And what's it called? Is it called The Gift? Did you know there's a Hollywood blockbuster called The Gift? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean I watched that too. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. If anyone's looking right, it's really good. So I watched that one first. I got a bit of Is it Christmassy? Oh, it's not Christmassy, Sarah. No, um, it's sinister. It's a thriller. That's what you're going to be hit with first. But you meant the documentary. I then did go and watch the documentary. Too. Yeah. Oh, they're very different things. Yeah. Oh, no, I made the same mistake. It's helpful that I told you, isn't it? Pass that bit of information on. <laughs> oh, and it was released a long time ago as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. I don't want to watch a thriller type thing at Christmas. Oh, why? It's really good. It's because just very it's Christmas. Sinister. It's, you know, elf time, isn't it? And that other one with Cameron Diaz, it's called The, Hol- the Holiday. Oh, God, The Holiday. Love kind Actually. Of... Okay, Love Actually, I'll give you one of the greatest Christmas films of all time. And a friend of mine and I, we watch it every year together. It's our Christmas tradition. We get together and we watch Love Actually and we just, we do impressions of the people in it. So, you know, that girl that gets a necklace and we always do this impression. Something pretty. Yeah. Anyway, still inside into my life. <laughs> okay. So this episode came about because of a comment that we saw on a Facebook page, didn't it? Yeah. So the Facebook page is HIV UK and Ireland Support Group. What a lovely bunch of people they are there. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we're members of that group, as is Oliver Brown. Hello. Did you see him? He was he was pretending that he was co-hosting with you. You know when you said that he should be your co-host instead of me? Oh. He did, he made us a little video with his wad chocolates and he was like, hi, welcome to the HIV podcast. And then he put hashtag shots fired. <laughs> Oliver Brown, I'm coming for you. <laughs> coming for your navel position, not your belly button. It's <laughs> <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> so out of hand already. Okay, right. Someone had posted on that page, they'd taken a screenshot of another Facebook page called Gay Pods Bug Chasers. Yes. The description for that group says, gay men's group for negative guys looking for conversion. Please post no rude photos. I don't know why I've put that in. It's irrelevant. That group's got a thousand members. It's a private group. So I've got no idea when it was last active. But someone in the HIV UK and Ireland support group had seen that page been shocked by it and kind of shared it going, oh God, is this actually a thing? And people were commenting, offering support and and just being really kind because, you know, to find a site like that, especially if you're like newly diagnosed, is really upsetting. But actually, if you're just diagnosed in general, I just think it would be awful. So I thought, Do you know what? We need to look in this fa- into this further because surely, surely this is not a thing. I do think we should look into this because we have heard talk of it, you know, and it's just like we said last week, it's a bit of an urban legend. I mean, let's not... <gasps> 
That's the one thing I have to tell you, Sarah. What? Remember the thing about urban legends from last week and the snake in the toilet? Do you know how many people got in touch with me to say they also have that fear? Literally everybody on earth. No. Honestly, literally everybody. What? Just snakes? No, things coming out of the toilet. So could be a snake, might be something else. I had people message on TikTok, people were commenting. Um, wow. Yeah, saying absolutely, totally with Jess. Yes, I do get quite concerned about something coming out of the toilet. One of my friends even messaged me on a totally separate like swim group that I didn't even realise she listened to the podcast. Literally messaged me privately the other day and said, oh, Jess, I just wanted to say I heard that bit and I, I also have that fear. Well, I'm going to do my own poll now and I'll check with all my friends. <laughs> oh, my God, do it. So this was literally on social media as well. People just messaging to be like, yes, I agree. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back to bug chasing. Yeah. So we have in a previous episode, do you remember we talked about Andy Bell from Erasure? Yes. He's openly admitted that he contracted in this way. So I remember us talking about it at the time. And I yeah. have had... I think one service user who contracted in this way, possibly two. So it, it does happen. And we should probably say it's also coy, like it's also termed as the gift or, you know, getting the gift or chasing the gift or whatever. Yes. So that's why we're sort of interchanging the two of like bug chasing and. Yes. Yeah. So there is an actual Wikipedia page for this, but I'm not going to use that. So I'm using an abstract. Um, that includes a description about what this is that was in the American National Library of Medicine. It's a sort of reading circles I'm in now, Jeff. Highbrow. Yeah. So they say bug chasing and gift giving are colloquial terms used by some men who have sex with men to describe intentional unprotected anal sex or barebacking with the goal of spreading HIV. Now, we need to be clear, actually, because otherwise it would be very irresponsible of us. This is not mainstream behavior. So it's estimated that 1% of the MSM community, men who have sex with men, are linked to bug chasing. And there are some people that believe it doesn't happen at all anymore because of you equals you. In theory, it shouldn't happen, should it? Yeah, that's a good point. But if it's not a thing, then why is there a Facebook page? Yes, also an equally good point. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at why it might happen. And we will list our sources because these are not our opinions as to why we think this happens. These are people who have done research to determine why some men might choose to actively seek out HIV. And actually, as we go through it, I mean, it's interesting, definitely, but it's sad as well. Yeah, well, the documentary was quite sad. I thought the documentary was sad. Quite compelling viewing. I mean, I watched the whole thing and I was just, oh, gosh. Okay, so let's look. What are the reasons that someone might try and actively contract HIV? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't think you should say that. Why? It's like, you know, you say it when you're like, yeah, like, you know, strapped in, ready to go, like on a roller coaster. Oh, oh, I'm getting it confused with strap on. Yeah, that's that's entirely different, Sarah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's where my mind goes. No, no. See, you're fantasizing about my OnlyFans page again. No, <laughs> right. So the first thing is that it could be to do with eroticizing HIV. I know it sounds mad, but hear me out. So some men view an HIV positive status as erotic or sexually stimulating. So it may be a subject of pleasure or the ultimate taboo to overcome. 
yeah, like forbidden things are sexy, let's say. And I know HIV is not forbidden, but if you're talking about it being taboo, I think it crosses over into that realm, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And it can almost be like rebelling against society and the stigma, elevating an HIV status to a, like a badge of honour or a badge of promiscuity. Uh, As we said, it's linked to bareback sex. And if that's your thing, if that's what turns you on, having bareback sex, you're not going to want to use a condom as a barrier for HIV or any other STIs. I don't know if any other STIs become part of the eroticism. Do you know, I don't even know why I was trying to think about that. I have no idea. I could not comment (laughs) on that, like whether they would or not. Because my my knee-jerk reaction, if I'm honest, would be to say no. They wouldn't be. That there's an element of danger, a bit Russian roulette-ish. Is that well, it? Interesting, because that's the next point, is that it's considered a game of chance. So there's a, a thrill in that, isn't there? Because mm. you're if you have unprotected sex and you don't contract HIV, then you're evading the odds. Yeah. So you can then start to feel almost invincible. And I think there are similarities to gambling in that respect you know that rush if you're winning the feeling of power the elements of control it can be similar yeah if you're not using a condom and if you're not contracting HIV then you must feel to a certain degree that you're almost I've had people before it was someone we tested once who was saying well I think I'm immune to it because I always have unprotected sex and I have never contracted HIV so it's almost like it's kind of like a myth really it just doesn't happen you start to believe that those messages that are there to protect your public health yeah. don't need to be there because it, it hasn't happened to you. Mm, crazy. So I can understand that. Now, there is a school of thought that the game of chance, as they call it, could be linked to rebelling against social norms, such as those tied to heterosexual lifestyles. Right. So condoms are perhaps more commonly used if you have a heterosexual relationship because of fear of pregnancy. Well, many of sex men, obviously they don't encounter that risk and they don't want to have the restrictions that heterosexual people encounter. And when you think about it, I don't know, I can't speak for you, I can only speak for myself. But as I was growing up, that was the one thing that was always hanging over your head when you had sex. You have to have protected sex or you might get pregnant. Yeah, And, you know, being teenage pregnant mum and the shame associated with it from society was enough, I think, to prompt people to either use contraception or to use condoms. I mean, women have always had this, haven't they? They've always had this extra element of fear when it comes to... Yeah, built into sex, yeah. Yeah. And I know when I stopped using contraception, when we were trying for a baby, it was actually really freeing because, you know, that one thing you're like, I must take this because I don't want to get pregnant. You're like, I don't have to do anything now. Get pregnant whenever. Think about the constrictions or the associations that we have with sex Mm. might be different to a man who's having sex with another man. You know, why would they want all of that on their shoulders as well? They don't have to. They can have free, unprotected sex and there's no consequences other than contracting HIV or STIs. Yeah, the the, what's it like? The emphasis of concern around what the issue is is completely different. You're right. Yeah. So next point. It could be that some men feel that they're missing out. This is what Andy Bell talked about. The fact that a lot of his friends who were HIV positive were a part of something and he didn't feel he was a part of anything. And I think these days there are a lot more uh, gay men who are lonely 
because there are far fewer opportunities to socialise outside of London. I know in London it's different. And if you don't have those opportunities to socialise, how do you meet other gay men? That's quite sad, though, to think that, you know, you 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 want to be part of something so much that you would put your own health at risk. Oh, gosh, I know. I know. And I don't think, you know, this is definitely not the answer. But if you think of how things have moved on, so you've got Grindr, everybody's aware of Grindr, but, and that's great if you want to meet for sex, but it's not so great if you want to build up your friendship circle or reduce your isolation. It's definitely not what that app has intended for. Yeah, well, well, in the in the film, The Gift, that you asked me to watch, obviously there's quite a bit about that, isn't there? About mm. how people wanted to be involved. And there's one guy specifically who goes, he tests, doesn't he? And he actually wants to be positive. And when he finds out he's negative, he's just devastated, absolutely devastated. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, inconsolable. Yeah, so there's two camps, isn't it? Those with and those without. Yeah, and he felt outside of it, yeah. Yeah, and I can see, you know, there isn't the social life, as we said, that there once used to be. Um, You know, in in Berkshire, especially if you live in the more rural kind of areas of Berkshire, I mean, is there one, is there a gay pub in Berkshire? Is there just the one? Probably. I'm I'm sure there's a couple, but, I mean, it's a massive county and we don't really have many. No. And for some people, it will be a long way to travel. We've got a cost of living crisis. They might not be able to afford to travel. Mm. Uh, So I can see how things have changed. People are much more isolated than they used to be. I mean, contracting HIV, like we said, that's not the way to widen your social circle. You know, volunteer for an HIV charity if you're looking for that kind of connectivity or you want to belong to something. Because I think if you do contract HIV, I don't think it will bring the sense of identity or the sense of belonging that that person is is looking for, really, in reality. So I know it's made a really long time ago, so early 2000s, although I'm not going to lie, the like quality, I was like, is this the mid-90s? A little bit, come on, to start with, I was like, is this a documentary or a dramatisation? I was so confused to begin with. But, but even within that, right at the start, there are people who were talking about how they really wanted to contract. And then when they did, it wasn't at all what they had expected. Yeah. It was something completely different. And that's the thing as well, isn't it? You can't control how you're going to react to being positive or or how your life might change. So you might have all these visions of this is exactly how it's going to go. Well, we know life doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, it rarely does. I think that sometimes, you know, the grass can look greener. Yeah. Aren't it? And then when you get there, you realise that it actually isn't. There's lots of issues that you hadn't envisaged encountering. And by then it's too late. You're already part of the group. Uh, Another point they came up with, inevitability. I do understand this one. Yes. So it can be linked to the fear of HIV infection, which I know sounds mad because if you fear it, why would you take risks to contract it? And HIV is linked to fear for many, isn't it? The stigma of the 80s, the past uh, negative narratives, current negative narratives. All of that has led to some men changing their sexual behaviour. So some abstained completely or some used condoms. But for some people, all of this kind of control is is too much and it's actually empowering to kind of break free from those constraints. And I do think since the 80s, I wouldn't say we've over-targeted MSM, but most messages around HIV are targeted yeah. at them, or Black Africans. Yeah. Yeah, and there's rather like, than the wider community, there's targeting lethargy, isn't there? Where groups are like, "Really, are we still going with this, guys?" Like, so imagine if you just assume that sooner or later you will contract it anyway, 
I that takes away some of that pressure. You're almost kind of like, well, I'm at peace with it. Yeah. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Which again, it's it's sad because it doesn't need to be that way. But I do understand it. And we have had people who have been diagnosed who said, well, you know, I know now. So I don't have to worry about catching it anymore. I've got it. It's fine. Yeah, no, I've heard that as well. When people are saying, I've just been waiting for years. Yeah. I've been living in, in anxiety, just waiting for this to happen. And so now I sort of don't have to. But again, that's not in any way us saying, oh, that's a, this is a positive thing to do that. That's that's not it at all. We're just talking about no. why possibly people may go down this road of wanting to contract. Yeah. And again, I think that it's about trying to take back control, isn't it? You know, I don't want this fear hanging over me every time I have sex. So I'm just not going to let it bother me. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen when it happens. And and that's kind of enough for me. Mm. Yeah. None of these are good kind of um, scenarios, are they? No. Right. There's one more observation that was brought up, which I hope it isn't true, but it could be. Um, And that is that some men who have sex with men might be motivated by suicidal feelings. So we know HIV is not going to kill you unless you don't take your medication or you don't bother to get diagnosed at all. But some men have a shame about their sexuality or their sexual preferences. um, And that's a burden for them to live with. Or perhaps they live in a double life. They have the shame that some men feel because of that. So for some people, that means that when they contract HIV, that's what they deserve because they're living a horrible life and they're hurting people perhaps that they love. So it's it's like it's not a direct, I'm going to kill myself by contracting HIV. It's more to do with those kind of feelings of shame and the fact that, well, I've got HIV, that, that's my punishment. Oh, like a self-flagellation type. Yes. Yes. And yes. it's similar to when we've had people who... Um, have said, well, I've been diagnosed with HIV because God is testing me or God is punishing me. It's, yeah. those, it's similar kind of connotations, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And actually really hard to work with that person to change their mind. I find those the hardest. If people are saying, well, this is this is just meant to be, I deserve this. It's really hard to change that frame of mind. But I hope it sheds some light on why people might do this. Yeah. And we're not, you know, we're never judgy. We're not saying that, bug chasing or gift giving is is not right i mean it's not right it shouldn't happen but it does and i just think if you vilify the people that, that do it or have done it, it doesn't make it go away yeah well exactly it's more hidden it's another example of the complexities around hiv i feel like you, concisely you've just summed everything up it's so complex we're always talking about why is there still so much stigma why is hiv still you know, the rates are still going up or, you know, increasing. Like, it, it's because it's so complex. Why is it mm. different to things like diabetes we always compare it to? It's because there are so many complex issues that surround it. There is so much to unpick. Yes. Yeah, no, I think there really is. And there are, you know, sometimes you're not just dealing with the diagnosis, are you? You're dealing with um, concerns people have around their sexual sexuality or their sexual kind of preferences as well. You know, yeah. they're big subjects. that need um, a lot of support. You know, sometimes it's kind of like, as we just said, around religion or someone's religious beliefs. You're not going to get that solved in a day. But these are the sort of people, when we talked about in our episode about um, reaching the goal of 2030, these are the ones that are going to be the toughest challenges 
to kind of achieve that goal. Little pockets of people. And we said right at the start, this is a very small number of MSM, but just because it's a small number, you know, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, no, we have to. We have to talk about these things. And you don't really want to think that these things are happening, I suppose, or address them. But like you're saying, we have to. We just ignore it. No, no, we don't shy away, do we? No, I told you so. We are the podcast of unpopular opinions. Another little tagline. Yeah. All the things on our new posters. (laughs) Yeah. So those are the reasons why it might happen. Mm. But does it actually happen? Okay. That's a lot harder to determine. And I don't think we could say for certain if it does happen now, but it certainly used to happen. So in 2006, there was a BBC documentary called I Love Being HIV Positive. And in it is an HIV positive man called Ricky. And he looks at bug chasing and whether it exists. And he finds that it does. Really? Yeah. I'm quite sure. So 2006, quite a long time ago. My maths isn't on point today. It's less than 20 years. 2006, 2016, 2026, less than 20 years. Uh, But back then it did. Just talked about The Gift, an American documentary that was released three years before the BBC film. And it is in depth, isn't it? Interviewing men who hold bug chasing parties, men who've attended, men who have HIV, men who don't. And they talk about that tattoo, don't they? That biohazard tattoo. Yeah. That shows. So if you have a tattoo, a biohazard tattoo on your person, that means that you're happy to contract HIV. Is that right? I watched the I watched this documentary a good few weeks ago. Many things have happened since then, and my brain is very small and doesn't retain information very well. Yeah, yes, I think that is what that biohazard means. But why would you get that tattooed on you? So that when you're having unprotected sex, whoever you're having sex with knows that you don't care whether you get HIV. Yeah, but what about when you have contracted HIV? Oh, I don't. Oh, oh, they didn't mention that, did they? There's a really interesting. See, I wonder if thinking about this because obviously you could say you're holding a bug chasing party but especially with you equals you everyone's undetectable so actually not so could it possibly be around fantasy these days as well like role play oh i would think definitely so actually possibly no one's at risk but we like you know they like the fantasy of that's what's happening i don't know like again i can't i'm just it's just a thought oh that's interesting isn't it the sex parties even like the chems parties that people hold now, that is a fantasy for quite a lot of men, isn't it? Just being able to be in a room full of other men and just have sex with everyone. Yeah. It's not so much a fantasy for women, I don't think. Oh, maybe it is. It's not a fantasy for me then. We're just, we're a lot more mental, aren't we, as 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 women? We need to be stimulated in a mental way as well. It has to be so much more than just, do you want to go? Like, it's like, no. I would agree with that. I think women are a bit more practical as well. My first thought, if I'm attending a sex party, is how clean are those sheets? Because I don't want to be doing it on any old furniture. When was the last time they were washed? Has someone hoovered the carpet? Do you know, for me, it'd be the social interaction, Sarah, the small talk. Oh, no, thank <laughs> you. Good God. Absolutely oh, I'd not. be all about the small talk. Why are you here? Have you ever been before? Did you what do you get out of this? <laughs> The nosiness would just take over. Yeah. I just want to know everything about everybody. Is it because those that often, where they don't feel that attractive, can go to a sex party and feel attractive and have sex with loads of people? So is it around that as well? 
Not the bug chasing bit. I'm just talking about, you know. About sex parties in yeah. general. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it is. I think you can. I don't know if they do judge people. No, everyone's just out to have sex, aren't they? So, yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So it's sort of a bit different as when you're going out and people are like, oh, no, you're too old or you're too grey or you're too heavy, you're too thin, you're, you know, you're too tall, you're too short. Rather than that, no one cares. So you're not, you don't have that extra level of judgment because I have heard that from a lot of service users about how judgy they have found dating. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that too. But what would happen, right? If you went to a sex party. Yeah. And the first person that approached you was that old man that you weren't attracted to. Is it good etiquette just to, to go with it? Or or do you, do, do you just yeah. decline politely? And then what happens if you don't get anybody? Oh, God, don't say that. No, I don't think that could happen. Maybe this is where there's glory holes and stuff, though. You don't have to look at anyone's face. Or like Again, hand, hand is the floor maybe. clean if you're going to be kneeling down? Think of the germs, people. Oh, yeah, but you don't mind the germs in those situations, do you? Like What? I would. If I'm doing that in a public toilet, I need a mat to Ooh. kneel on. My wet wipes are coming out to give <laughs> that bad boy a bit of a scrub. Oh, my goodness. Maybe just don't attend any sex parties, Sarah. Yeah, she's, like, she's like Captain Buzzkill at a sex party. <laughs> I really would be the one wrecking everyone's fun, wouldn't I? Yeah, we'd be like, just get rid of her. Everyone else is here to get dirty. Stop having sex there on that bed. Do you realise you're lying in someone else's patch of semen? Just letting you know. Yeah. Whereas yes. I think they might like that, you know? I think people do like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I wouldn't. I'd, I'd bring a towel, fresh, clean towel to lie on. I never want to attend a sex party that you're attending. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the least adventurous person ever, laying my towel out on the bed, lying down. It's only missionary position, I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't have the energy for anything else tonight. You can put in the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how the interactions do happen. You're right. Like, I have no idea, to be honest, and I don't think we've ever discussed it with uh, with our service users. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll ask. We should ask, because I know some of them do go, but then I feel a bit... No, I'm I just, don't feel I'm just embarrassed. Ask, I just how, how's, how are things initiated? Do you know what stops me from asking is the dread that one of them will go, why don't you come along? And I'll just be like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. For me, it's more that I will get more than I bargained for when I ask. Do you know what I mean? And it's oh, like you've opened no. a can of worms way on. I'm like, past oh. that. Do you know why I'm past that? Because years ago, when someone was showing me how gaydar worked, remember that? And their own profile came up of a naked picture of them. And I'm like, you're sitting next to me, show me how this works. And I'm looking at your penis. It was awful. And I didn't know what to say. What do you say to in that situation? Did you congratulate them? That's nice, isn't it? That's a nice one. Lovely. (laughs) Then move on. The smallest I've seen. Well done. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. They just casually kept on scrolling. But I was like, it's too late. I've seen it. They don't come to the drop-in anymore. Is that because, because of that. I was going to say, is that because they showed you their penis <laughs> in an accident, tried to cover it up, and then just went, no, I'm moving. I'm going to access support elsewhere. They live no. in Liverpool or something now. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> their job uh, means that they can't get time off. Their well, that's what they told and me. <laughs> their embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, because it's awkward looking at someone, isn't it, after you've seen their yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah, their junk. Yeah. They're fully laid out. It was like a proper. Oh God, I think that's worse. I'd rather just like a candid, just a 
just a, a, a you know a big dick pic than a splayed out thought about it like, really like a chaise very, lounge yeah exactly right. like that very planned <laughs> anyway maybe that should be next year's uh new year's resolution that we should go to a sex party but i only want to observe i don't know if that's allowed maybe you'd maybe you'd want to get involved maybe i would yeah yes Maybe I'd turn up and be like, oh, this is what I've been missing in my life. Let's crack on. Oh, imagine if we went together and that was it. That was the last we saw of me. Oh, God, yeah. I'd be like, Fraser, she's gone forever. <laughs> That's it. would be like, has anyone seen Sarah? She'd, yes. She'd be no. scrubbing the toilets with a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> Lecturing people on hygiene. Yeah. Laying towels everywhere just to soak up all the fun. Anyway, there you go. Back to this. So... Let's move on because we were looking at sort of the 2000s, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. Documentary in 2006. So I found an article in uh, a Yahoo article from 2018 and it looked at bug chasing globally. So it's not just a British issue, as we know, or an American issue. And it was trying to ascertain whether bug chasing is fact or fantasy, just like you said. And it finds it's fact there are men around the world who find it a turn on to put themselves at risk. And actually, if there are countries where U equals U isn't possible, so that yeah. kind of fantasy yeah. would become a reality there, then wouldn't it? Yeah, I suppose would it would it fall under kind of like BDSM? Would it? Hmm. You know, is it within the sort of S and M realm? Oh, it could be. Could, could it? it be? Yeah, because this is what they're saying. Because it's almost that sort of in in some facets of self harm, isn't it? Yeah, that would make sense. Right, bringing us right up to date. Nottingham Trent University, they offer a postgraduate course and it's called Exploring HIV Bug Chasing and Gift Giving Amongst Men Who Have Sex With Men, a Social Cure Slash Social Curse Approach. Oh, wow. You can actually do a course in it. Yes, we should do it. It We'd be very good. Then it must exist, mustn't it, if there's an entire course on it? Well, what they're looking at, and this is starting next year, if anyone is interested, School of Social Sciences, they are looking at whether people's social group memberships have important implications for their health, including the potential to benefit social cure and harm it, social curse. So they're going to look at the motivations behind bug chasing, the attitudes held by the wider MSM community, and then they're going to hold interviews with MSM who are or have been bug chasers and compare them to interviews they have with MSM who've never done that. If the research shows that bug chasing is related to a desire for social belonging, which is what we've been talking about, then they will suggest practical recommendations regarding how to promote this sense of belonging in healthier ways. Good study. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Who knew that there was even a postgrad course like this? Say Nottingham Trent University, if you want to work with us, get in touch. Yeah, let us know. They're probably now we listened to the rest of this episode. It was awful. No thanks. <laughs> they had to get through an awful lot to get to this point, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, they they're switched off at the sex parties. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe universities are rife with that sort of thing. I don't know. So there you go. It would seem that yes, for some men this is still a thing a fantasy or a way of regaining control or a way to belong. There are no firm stats. Of course, there aren't. Never are for these sort of things. But numbers are small. But the reasons and the way some 
MSM feel, that's very, very real. I just don't think you can ever underestimate the damage that the AIDS epidemic caused and the fear that it instilled in some people to this day. And also, I don't think we can underestimate the way social media apps have altered the way that MSM meet, because I think that plays a huge part too. Grinder, you have a lot to answer for. Well, yeah, and it's a actually they it, they play a huge part in the mass isolation of especially you know men who have sex with men in that community like it, hugely isolating. Yeah, and making it all about sex, and it's you know it should be so much more than that. We need to design an app, like a little really? friendship app, a friendship app. Well, it's not really going to. There's probably apps for that, aren't there? Probably are. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to be reinventing the wheel there. I don't know, but why? What's the opposite of the grinder app? I suppose something like Meetup, because that's that's about facilitating in-person, real-life meetings with nice people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I see your point. So maybe it's that without you know raining on your parade. <laughs> yeah, it's already been done. <laughs> Excellent, marvelous. I'm well, it's, so it's, you can tick it off the list, Sarah. It's done. It's like perfect. Done. Yeah, yeah, take that off the to-do list. Yeah. Okay, just one thing to do in January then, and that is the whole sex party thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go in January, though, because it's very cold. I think it's more of a spring thing, lighter evenings, everyone's feeling a bit happier. But I wouldn't want to go in summer because then you're sweaty and that's gross. So you need to hit that kind of autumn, spring vibes or the extra season that I think there should be, if you remember. Mm. Mm. You know, we want to go one of those times. Yeah, no, it needs to be warmer. If I'm having to wander around in my MS knickers. I think you wander around in nothing, I would imagine. Not doing that, no. Full dressing gown. Oh, I don't want to get into dressing gowns again. God, I hate a dressing gown. Anyway, we were talking about it. Everybody knows that listens regularly will completely be saying now she'd never do it anyway. She wouldn't even get over the doorstep. You're absolutely right. I'd just hover in the garden. Oh my God, but it's your fantasy. This is lovely. Not in a sexy way. But you're like, it's cute. You're like talking about it, you're thinking about it and what you'd wear and wh- when you go, what would happen? And you'd take your towel and your book. So it's in a way, it's a fantasy yeah. of yours. I mean, I think what I'm describing is a spa, Jess. <laughs> a sex spa. <laughs> no, there's no sex. It's just a spa with a lounger <laughs> with me and a book and a towel. Oh, please go to a sex a party and, and turn up and be like, <laughs> I'm here for the spa. Hold the sex. <laughs> Yes, that's what I want to have. Then just go lounge by the pool. It's perfect. We can take our books. We'll be no trouble. And if we are just observing, then, you know, we could treat it like a spa. Don't even know if I'd want to observe for very long, if I'm being particularly honest. Well, I mean, it's just people having sex, isn't it? I don't know. We could try and interview them while they were doing it. How are you feeling now on a scale of one to ten? (laughs) They're like pretty fucking annoyed that you keep sticking your microphone <laughs> in my face and wiping me down with wet wipes, Sarah. Covering me in towels. <laughs> no hand gel. Stop trying to sanitize my testicles. <laughs> it's burning my penis. What we're doing now is probably describing someone's actual fantasy. Well, the there university, we the university have definitely turned off now, Sarah. If anybody wants to invite us to a sex party, get in touch. Well, at our is... Christmas party, our work Christmas party, I'm going to go around and ask everyone if they've ever been to one. And then That'll Sarah, be a nice we'll be getting fired. 
Sean's like, so I've had some reports that you've been questioning everyone about their sex life. And you're like, oh, I see that that's, that's inappropriate now. Oh, you didn't know. People might want to open up about it. Okay, but don't open up to me. Well, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to my party that's going to happen, obviously. Straight after the recording. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, is my doorbell going to go any second and it'll be like a barbershop quartet singing some kind of like, congratulations, dun, dun, on your 15 years. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've got you a stripper. Oh, no. No. would <laughs> be the worst. <laughs> oh, oh, I would hate that so much. Just you and him. <laughs> And is it like, you know, like Danny DeVito in Friends? Exactly how I imagine it's going to pan out. We didn't have a huge budget, so we got what we could. And you're just going to be there in your living room. <laughs> Do you know what, Sarah? I'm counting this recording as my party. This was enough. This oh. little celebration that we've just had. This is perfect. I'll cancel the stripper. Yeah. Cancel all strippers, please. Cancel sex parties. Cancel strippers. Yep. Okay, good. We are... Doing something that I think everyone loves next week. Strike a pose. That's what I thought. Yes, no, I'm fully on board with next week. Oh, God, I love her. Yeah. What's your favourite, like, Madonna era? Oh, I would say late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Immaculate Collection, all the way. Yeah, all of that. Okay, well, I look forward to more sex chat next week, because apparently this is just descending into the sex podcast. Overshared again, Jess. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the HIV podcast for behind the scenes insights and video. The HIV podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.